0: Jay. It's Monday morning quarterbacks joined by the voice of the Green Bay Packers, Wayne Larravee. Wayne, good morning. Good morning, Jeff. I'll tell you something. Let me ask it. You've been watching football for a long, long time, covering football. Is Aaron Rodgers the best you've ever seen?
1: Uh, Yes, I think he is. Um, You know, in terms of, you know, he doesn't have the Super Bowls yet that Tom Brady or Joe Montana have. But as far as you talk about a performer, um, you talk about a guy who has a feel and a command of a situation and the athletic ability to pull off what he needs to do, uh, I think he's the best right now in the game today.
0: Watching that game on television, that the last second drive, you almost got the feeling that when the Packers got the ball back with um, you know, minute 13 or whatever they had, you knew that they were going to go down the field. Did you have that feeling in the stadium when you were watching the game?
1: Yeah, I really did. I, I had a very um, you know, it wasn't like I, I wasn't really worried at that point in time. I, I thought Aaron had plenty of time to, with the timeout and 73 seconds ago to get the team down the field, and uh, I was a little uh, concerned that Jordy Nelson wasn't on the field for that uh, particular drive, but nonetheless, uh, I know that uh, that certainly uh, Aaron has a lot of confidence in Devontae Adams and uh, Geronimo Allison out there along with Randall Cobb, of course, and so I felt they had more than enough to get it done.
0: Do we know what happened to Jordy uh, Nelson? It, look, it looked to me like on that two-point conversion, he he sort of grimaced or something like that. Do we know what what happened to him?
1: Nobody said anything after the game last night um, that that I heard. That nothing definitive came out of the uh, locker room, from what I understand. But uh, you know, hopefully, it's not anything serious.
0: Well, Wayne, of course, the the other big story involving the offense is that the Packers the Packers found a running game with the, this Aaron Jones, a fifth-round draft pick. How timely was his emergence?
1: Well, it was big time. I I think it gave them a balance that the Cowboys didn't expect them to have, and I don't know if the Packers expected that kind of production. Uh, I can't imagine they did. I know that Aaron has been high on this kid uh, out of El Paso for some time now, for the the last number of weeks, but you know, he kind of had to wait his turn um, in the packing order, but the little bit he played, you could see Aaron Jones had a great feel uh, for reading blocks and reading the running plays, making the right decision. So much of it is making the right decision on these running plays. But then once he makes that decision, he's the quickest of the Packers' rookie backs. And, and boy, he paid off big time yesterday. And 19 carries, 125 yards. I, there's no way Dallas was had that in the scouting report, I guarantee you.
0: You know, one of the other things I, I just thought was interesting, just as an observer, is with, with, all the, with the Packers, again, having to use their makeshift offensive line with Bakhtiari out again, have, having a running game, suddenly uh, took some pressure off of, of, of the rush on, on Rodgers. Because, again, in that, after that second series, I thought, my gosh, this guy's going to get killed. But all of a sudden, when you found a running game, they couldn't just tee off or else they'd get gashed for 15 or 20 yards in a run.
2: Yeah, that's for sure.
1: Um, no question about it, Jeff, in that the, 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 a good running game can take that heat off of you because it does force the defense to be balanced. They can't be just rushing the quarterback up front. So I think this was really good, and, and, you know, this is a good thing. I think Ty Montgomery will probably be back in the next couple of weeks, and, um, you know, we'll see how it goes from here. But for at least one game, Aaron Jones was a star last night. Whether the Packers have found their running back, I don't know. But um, we'll have to see. We've seen guys come in and, and have a big game uh, and then kind of disappear. I don't think that will be the case with Aaron Jones, but nonetheless, let's see him do it a back-to-back weeks.
0: Our number, four one four seven nine nine one six twenty, which is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. If you've got any questions or comments, for the voice of the Green Bay Packers, Wayne Larrabee, this is your opportunity. Wayne, of course, all's well that ends well. That The Packers win a tough environment. They win on the road. At the same time, um, yet again, a story is, especially in the first half, that the defense just doesn't appear to have showed up. Um, big plays against them. They weren't able to stop anybody. Is this a cause for concern?
1: Well, you know, here's the thing. Actually, they were playing very well, uh, and I thought Dak Prescott was beating them uh, essentially with his uh, scrambles and, and doing an Aaron Rodgers on the Packers' defense, and, in other words, escaping the rush. You know, they converted. The Cowboys coming in, Jeff, had converted just two of 15, third down and 10 or more yards to go situations this season. Um, they did that on the first drive of the game. They had third and 14, and Prescott escapes the rush, and, and finds Bryce Butler for 48 yards down the middle of the field. And that changed everything, uh, it seemed like, on that particular drive and set up the Cowboys for a score. And they did a couple of more things like that as well, where Prescott would get out of the pocket. He's very good. Prescott's excellent. He has the it factor. He doesn't have the kind of arm that Aaron Rodgers has or some of the other elite quarterbacks, but he's got a good enough arm. And I thought with his escapability, he always keeps his eyes open downfield, and he made some plays uh, on his own, I thought, in that first half against the Packers. Uh, is it concerning about the defense? It's funny. I actually think they they kind of played better than the stats would indicate. Um, they were tough against the run in that first half of play, and and then uh, uh, Zeke Elliott got on track in that second half and hit them for some pretty big yards on the ground. But I, I thought they played tough. It's just the Cowboys got numbers. I mean, 72 plays, 408 yards, 163 yards rushing. Two hundred and forty-five net yards passing. I saw the game. Tell me how the Packers won.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, to that point, of course, one of the uh, one of the big conversations I'm sure in a number of Dallas bars last night was um, Dak Prescott you know, scores on that quarterback keeper with a minute thirteen left. You know, one of the ongoing things was given the fact that the Packers hadn't been able to stop the Dallas rush game. Is that one where instead of taking it in for the touchdown? You take a knee at the two-yard line, run the clock down, and then try to score, not leaving Aaron Rodgers enough time to uh, go the length of the field?
1: Well, that's kind of, as uh, Dak Prescott mentioned after the game, and I thought it was a very good comment, that's kind of a slippery slope. I mean, uh, there's no telling. Just because you're down in the red zone, there's no guarantee you're going to score. And, you know, for those, and this, that was the common theme here in Dallas uh, last night, uh, that you know they, they left Aaron Rodgers too much time, you know, yeah. seventy three seconds to go seventy five yards. Too much time. <laughs> but I'll say this about the last Cowboys scoring drive. Okay, this was water torture. This was the football equivalent of water torture. If you were a Green Bay fan watching what was going on, seventeen plays, yep. seventy nine yards, eight minutes forty three seconds time of possession. No play, no play. More than nine yards on this drive until the final play of that drive when Prescott made a great play fake and scampered 11 yards for a touchdown on a keeper. That's you know, to say the Cowboys scored too quickly, my God, you know, how much
0: longer do you want them to take? <laughs> well, you know, and it seemed to me, again, just watching the game, that it, it, you, you were talking about the, the games, but it seemed to me like on every first down play, they were able to run, get seven or eight yards, so it was always second and short or third and short. They, they never really, with perhaps one exception, really never got bottled up into those those long positions as well. It, it was an amazing drive. You'd have to give them credit.
1: Oh, absolutely. And you're exactly right. I mean, their first third down... You know, on first down they got nine yards to start the drive on a, a pass play to Des Bryant. Uh, another first down play they they hit Witten for six yards. Another first down play on that drive they get five yards uh, on a Prescott uh, pass to Jason Witten. So you're exactly right. They were getting they were winning on first down and it set up third and short situations. And there were a couple of uh, replays uh, that overturned rulings on the field. And uh, it, it was just oh, I'd say watching that drive was excruciating and. And uh, seeing them get in, I kept thinking of Mike Holmgren to the Super Bowl. Right, right. And yeah. I kept saying, well, maybe they had to let him score here yeah. real quick. So, <laughs> yeah. the no
0: time I... on the clock. Um, absolutely. Tell you what, Wayne, we're going to take a very quick break. We'll be back with some calls. 414-799-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We're joined by the voice of the Green Bay Packers, Wayne Larravee. It is the Monday Morning Quarterback. Stick around.
1: Aaron pointing to the right now. Gets the snap. Looking, throws, left side of the end zone. Leaping right yes! Devontae Adams! Yes! Touchdown, Green Bay! A spectacular throw catch to the left side of the end zone! They beat Jordan Lewis! Devontae Adams! Green Bay leads it, 34-31! It's 848,
0: Jeff Wagner joined by Wayne Larrabee, the voice of the Green Bay Packers. Wayne, why do I think we're going to be hearing that call quite a bit? <laughs>
1: Well, I you know I think those two guys have a nice connection uh, that they're developing, and, and it was great to see. You know, I didn't mention it on the air, but it was obviously ten days after you know that uh, what looked like a traumatic injury right. um, suffered in the Bears game, and fortunately there was no structural damage. Um, the concussion was relatively uh, light. Uh, he had ten days to recover and return to practice on a limited basis during the week as he came through the concussion protocol. But Devontae Adams had a spectacular day, I thought, yesterday. You
0: know, what I thought was so interesting about those last plays is what, people remember the touchdown pass. They, they, they ran that same play, the immediate play beforehand. Yeah. And, and Aaron looked at me like he underthrew the ball, and they decided, hey, we think this is going to work. Let's go back to the same thing, and it did work.
1: Yeah, Aaron, after the game, said that uh, that's why they ran that play again. He was going to go with another play to the other side of the field. Uh, but they decided to go back with the same play, and uh, Aaron said, I looked into Devontae's eyes, and he said, let's run it. And he said, and Aaron said, the look in his eyes was, throw a better ball. <laughs> I and <mean>, he did.
0: <laughs> uh, Wayne, I've got a text here from Joe in Beaver Dam who says, Wayne, what was up with the constant low snaps to Aaron and the shotgun? It seemed like he had to reach down to get the ball an awful lot. I, I actually thought the same thing, when, at least when I was watching the game.
1: I did too. Uh, I did too. I'm not sure I, I do remember Corey uh, Lindsley rolling a snap to uh, Aaron in the Bears game. so I don't know if there's something going on there or not, but the snaps were low a little bit lower than you'd like. You'd like the snap on a shotgun snap to be. I would think you know about waist high maybe even a little bit higher um, but these snaps were right around the knee level and, and again he had to kind of reach down and, and grab the ball. so I'm not sure what was happening there. No one was talking about that after the game that I know of.
0: Wayne, obviously, as long as we're talking about snaps, one, one of the reasons a lot of us were glad to see that the Packers went, went in and scored that final touchdown, in, in addition to avoiding overtime, was because for the first time in a long time, that there were problems with the, the kicking game. Is that the long snapper? Was it the holder? Um, was it something to be worried about? Or just those kind of things happen from time to time?
1: No, oh, it's, it's something to be worried about. Um, there's no question about that. Uh, the one snap I can speak to, and I didn't see a definitive replay on the first uh, extra point that was missed. I think Mason just clanked it off the right upright. Um, but the second snap happened on our end of the field. Now, we're in the corner of the end zone and this happened right in front of us. And it looked to me like it was a very low snap. Uh, Justin Vogel, um, I don't know how much holding he has done in his career. I don't know if he did it in college or not, but um, you know, he struggled to get that ball in place and then Mason missed the, uh, the PAT. So uh, I, I know of one snap. I can only speak to one instance where I thought the snap was the reason they missed the uh, PAT. I don't know if it had something to do with uh, the first one or not, but the second one, I can. Uh, from what I saw, I thought the snap was a problem, the reason why they missed the PAT.
0: You know, Wayne, it's interesting when you when you watch these football games. We, we talk a lot about the defense and the fact that they couldn't get off the field, but yet. This is another example where there's really, arguably, one one play that changes the game. Now everybody is talking about that the last touchdown drive, but the the, the Dallas receiver has the ball go off his hands. Um, Randall is in the right place, runs it in for a touchdown. Completely and totally, that one play, completely and totally, I think, changes the entire character of the football game.
1: You know, that's a good point. Uh, you know, when it happened, I thought it just how you know got the Packers right back into the game and and that type of thing. But, you know, you're exactly right. I think it did change the way the game played out the rest of the way. You know, I mean, when you look at that situation, it it gave the Packers the lead. It got them on top, and, and for the first time today, that game, in the game, they had the lead, and that did change things. But that that's when Dallas went on that 17-play, 79-yard drive uh, to recapture the lead. Um, but, again, you know, here's the thing that – where the Pats you talk about that okay they happened in the first half that's fine, yeah. But by the end of the ball game, even the play to Devontae Adams and the subsequent point after touchdown only left the Packers. You know they, they gave they gave them a four point lead, and um, that's the thing you kind of look for down the stretch. I mean, you know when when these things happen like this, it, it's a tough situation. Um, you you worry about that coming back to bite you mm-hmm. down the stretch in a close game
0: did you see something more than most of us who are watching the game on tv saw in the first dallas drive when they called the unnecessary roughness penalty on blake martinez in the end zone
1: i didn't yeah. see it, it happen at our side our end uh, of the field i did not see any kind of uh, penalty yeah. i i in yeah. watching the replay it didn't look like a penalty at all to me i i thought that officiating crew at times yesterday was um, was not good let me put it that way and that was one of those instances that was ridiculous the, there was no intent, there was no targeting going on there. That was just a terrible call, and it did give Dallas new life right on the goal line.
0: Right, otherwise, I mean, and I, I mean, I was watching Martina. It looked to me like he completely pulled up. He Instead of hitting him, he kind of pulled up, and he did tap him as he went by. But, you know, what are you going to do? Okay, Wayne, let's take one quick break, and when we come back, I want to talk about big game coming up on Sunday in Minnesota. Stick around. You're listening to the Monday Morning Quarterbacks with Wayne Larrabee on 620 WTMJ. It's
1: 8.53. Prescott under center. He takes, short drop, quick toss, right side through the yes. head. Yes. Yes. Randall To the end zone, for the
0: touchdown! I'm Jeff Wagner, joined by Wayne Larry, the voice of the Green Bay Packers. Wayne, one of the other great things about that, that win, of course, is you, you got to figure the Cowboys are going to probably be in the playoffs. Now, um, with that win, they finish with the same record. It, the, the, the playoff game is at Lambeau instead of Dallas. That's why th- yesterday's win was perha- perhaps really huge as we look forward um, and we get into January.
1: Well, Jeff, all of these uh, games, starting with that Chicago game, uh, you know, NFC uh, games, and, and they factor in December and January, as you mentioned, in, in the playoff race. Uh, Your conference record is very important, as is your division record. Obviously, you'd like to win the division to get at least one home game. But if you're talking home field advantage in the NFC uh, championship game, you've got to win these division games. And it started with Chicago. There was a huge win yesterday here in Dallas, uh, or in Arlington, to be honest with you. And then, uh, you know, Minnesota next week. um, You know, just a huge ball game coming up against the Vikings. They're all big-to-border rivalry. But nonetheless, these are NFC games. Followed by New Orleans, then a bye week, then Detroit. Right. All of these NFC uh, games are huge for the Packers, and in, in, uh, they're uh, they're uh, I guess uh, uh, trying to get to an NFC Championship game at home.
0: Wayne, uh, the, the next opponent is the Vikings. They play tonight against Chicago. They have had a couple catastrophic injuries. What uh, looking forward? I mean, is this is this the same Viking team that gave the Packers so much trouble last year?
1: Uh, You know, I don't think so. I don't think they're quite that way. You know, the problem is it's hard to get a handle on them because they've been out, you know, their quarterback's been out, then he's coming back, apparently, and and now uh, they lose Dalvin Cook, who was their rookie running back and and was the guy who was going to really start carrying this uh, football team. They're still solid defensively. There's no question about that. But offensively, um, I'm not sure where they are because I haven't seen enough of Sam Bradford. He's been uh, banged up.
0: Wayne, well, uh, great victory in Dallas. Hopefully, when we talk next Monday morning, um, we'll, we'll have more good news. Um, I tell you, keep keep the string rolling, my friend. Keep the string rolling. Okay, <laughs> okay. all right, Jeff. Take care. <laughs> A- absolutely. That's Wayne Larvey, the voice of the Green Bay Packers. You've been listening to Monday Morning Quarterbacks. When we come back, three things, including Vice President Mike Pence stages his own protest. Some heads are exploding. Stick around. It's eight fifty nine. This is Jeff Wagner. No, Jeff Rogers, 620 WTMJ. So glad to have you with us. We start out this portion of the program like we started every program. Three big things. Story number one, the NFL protests and the response continues. Um, if you were not watching this, uh, Vice President Mike Pence, who is, of course, Former governor of Indiana, he attended the uh, Indianapolis Colts San Francisco Forty ers football game yesterday. Now, this wasn't just any football game; um, this was uh, this was the event where um, Peyton Manning um his jersey was supposed to be retired so that this was this was a big deal. I mean Peyton Manning of course played most of his career for the Indianapolis Colts. This was a big deal. Mike Pence former governor of the state of Indiana so he shows up. Now the Colts were playing the San Francisco 49ers. This whole protest stuff started with former San Francisco 49ers quarterback um, Colin Kaepernick, who is now out out of work and stays out of work. Um, but the 49ers of the different teams, I, I would say collectively the 49ers, and they're a terrible football team this year, they have they have embraced this protest culture. So Mike Pence shows up at this event. I He's there with his wife. She's wearing a, a number 18 Peyton Manning jersey. And then what he does is as as the players and a large number of them again begin to do this kind of kneeling stuff to protest, you know, racial injustice, Pence gets up and and walks out. Um, President Trump tweets, I am proud of him and Second Lady Karen. Pence said he chose to leave because I think we should rally around the flag. I left today's Colts game because President Trump and I will not dignify Any event that disrespects our soldiers, our flags, or our national anthem. At a time when so many Americans are inspiring our nation with their courage, resolve, and resilience, now more than ever we should rally around our flag and everything that unites us. While everyone is entitled to their own opinions, I don't think it's too much to ask NFL players to respect the flag and our national anthem. I stand with President Trump, I stand with our soldiers, and I will always stand for our flag and our national anthem. And again, um, you, you had a large number of 49ers that decided that they were not going to stand. They decided to take a knee. That the estimates were somewhere between 15 to 23 members of the 49ers. So, in essence, al- almost half of the team that was signed up. Now, as you may expect, um, after he did this, heads begin to explode. I mean, I, I was reading all these different columnists, so you do not have to. Um, You've got all the columnists in USA Today who are outraged. The real mockery of our national anthem was by Vice President Mike Pence. A mockery was made of the national anthem all night, but it wasn't by the San Francisco 49ers. Vice President Mike Pence turned the anthem into a prop Sunday, co-opting it for a stunt that served no other purpose than to sow division, further enrage the administration's conservative base, and try to cow NFL owners. It is likely it deflected attention from yet more neo-Nazi protests in Charlottesville and if that's the case, it was all the better. Please, though, tell me again how it's the players who are disrespectful. That's one of the columnists, um, Nancy Armour, who's a lefty columnist, writes for the sports section of USA Today. All right, 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage talk and text line. Um, th- these culture wars are, are interesting. The owner of the Miami Dolphins has now instructed his players that, that they will stand during the National Anthem. If they are unable to stand, they are supposed to stay in the tunnel. But if they're going to be on the sidelines, they have to stand. Jerry Jones of the Cowboys is now coming out and saying he thinks it is disrespectful. He expects his players to stand. All right. Was Mike Pence inappropriate? Did the vice president do the right thing by essentially staging his own protest in response to the San Francisco 49ers deciding to kneel during the national anthem, I will tell you this, I was very proud of the vice president. And and was it a, a stunt? Well, I mean, a stunt to the extent that it was clearly pre-planned that he intended to do this. But at the same time, I, I think I think it's time for maybe some blowback on these activities. And I I think the majority of Americans are going to be with Vice President Pence. 414-799-1620 is the number. This is big story number one. We discuss next. If you're on the line, please hold on. It is 914. This is Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. It's 916. Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. All right. Mike Pence, the vice president of the United States, walks out of the football game between Indianapolis and San Francisco. Liberal heads are exploding. I think it's time that somebody in prominence stood up and staged their own protest. Beth sends us a text. More Americans want to unite around the flag than those that want to unite around uh, kneeling and protesting the flag. Absolutely. Um, Let's see. Got another text here. Um, Interesting how the left blames Pence for staging a protest to the highly choreographed pregame protest. Yeah, that's kind of uh, it. Matt and Sheboygan text. Maybe the 49ers would win a game if they respected the flag in our country. Pence did the right thing. More people should be like him. 414-799-1620. Mitch in New Berlin. Mitch, you're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning.
3: Well, I don't, I don't agree with it. I think uh, he knew what they were, were going to do. What he should have done is he should have stayed away, and he should have made a statement, and he should have saved the taxpayers money. These conservatives are all about saving money and all this kind of thing. And do you know what it costs to fly Air Force 2 there with his family and everything? And then he walks out of the game?
0: Oh, so you would have felt better? It would have been okay if he had flown there, watched the game, and then left?
3: No, I'm saying not even go. Oh, and so he should have made gone a to... statement and said, you know what, I know they're going to kneel down, so I choose to stay away from the game. That would have been more
0: meaningful. Well, would you have objected to him going and staying at the game? Do you object to him spending the money to go to the game at all?
3: I wouldn't have if he would have stayed for the game. I'm saying he's a conservative. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that what you conservatives are about?
0: Well, but Paying I guess that's why that's my that's
4: taxpayer's my, money.
3: And well, see, I really
0: Mitch, I am glad to hear guys like you looking up and being concerned about spending taxpayer dollars. I'm, I'm very I'm very happy to hear that. Now, I'll, I'll keep that in mind the next time we're talking about one of these boondoggle spending things. But I guess my question is, if, if is the objection that you have? the vice president that's attending this event and you're right he was in Las Vegas um, um, attending a a memorial he flew from Las Vegas to Indiana to to Indianapolis to attend this game then he's back in Los Angeles for, for something so I mean I guess that was see that was my question do you object to politicians you know using taxpayer dollars should the vice president be flying around to attend these games and if the idea is, well, I don't mind him attending the game, I just mind him walking out beforehand, well, it seems to me that that's got a little bit of hypocrisy to it as well. 414-799-1620, that's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Um, Let's see, another note here from Sam. Good job, Mr. Vice President. See, I think, again, I understand that there's – I understand that that you have – you know some people out there who have wanted to try to politicize this once President Trump got in into it but the point is I, I I really firmly firmly believe that these NFL players are on the wrong side of history with regard to this and they've been able to get the attention they're the ones when they decide to stage these protests okay the TV cameras are on them I believe that there is, and I understand people don't like the term silent majority because it's got Nixonian overtones, but I believe that there are a silent majority of Americans out there who are saying, you know what, this is in fact... You know, disrespectful. If you want to protest racial injustice, and again, ev- everybody's idea of that, th- does that mean that, you know, you're making a statement about Ferguson, even though a lot of the Ferguson stuff is based on false premises? All right, th- that's fine, but just do it on your own time. Have a text here. Um, heck no, Jeff, President, Vice President Pence did everyone who is patriotic, proud, Everyone who has ever served proud. Maybe an NFL boycott is in order. Oh, wait. Ratings are still going down. Well, there's lots of reasons for that. I've never called for people to boycott the NFL, but I do think this was an interesting way to call attention to this issue. Let's see. um, uh, Another text. I guarantee you the owners of the Green Bay Packers want the players to stand. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think that's, again, one of these issues that are out there. And, again, let's let's look at the reality. This is now, th- there is now the backlash. Like I say, you've got more and more NFL owners who are saying um, enough is enough to this type of stuff. So like I say, the owner of the Miami Dolphins says, well, if you're not going to stand on the sidelines, fine. You know, keep your butt in in the tunnel, which, okay, works fine for me. 414-799-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I, again, I think... I think if, if this is going to be a culture war situation, I think, you know, President Trump uh, and I think Vice President Pence, I think they're winning this one. Larry in Columbus. Larry, you're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning.
4: Yeah, I was at the uh, Wisconsin-Nebraska football game Saturday. Right. everybody stood up at the national anthem, with their hands over their hearts. Those veterans, they were saluting when the national anthem was played. I did not see one
0: person in the stadium that, you know, right. was uh, right. not doing what they should be Because the college coaches wouldn't have put up with it. You know, the, the, the college coaches would not have put up with it. So, you know, it was, um, no, I'm, no. Th- again, I, this is, I, I'm, I'm sorry, no, I, I get it right. I mean, they, they were, it was going on, um, th- that is not how, You know, people stood. Look, there's all sorts of forms. Like I say, if you want to go out and you want to stage a protest, okay, fine, stage a protest. Lord knows there's lots of opportunities to do that. But I I think in general, this is part of this growing backlash that is out there. And I think it's good that more and more NFL owners are simply deciding... They are not going to allow their workplace to be co-opted by these type of protests. Like I say, if 15 to 23 of the San Francisco 49ers want to go off, out on their off day on, on Tuesday and you know go wherever they're going to go in, in San Francisco and stage their own protests, God bless them. They're doing that on their own time. But I, I think the longer this goes on, and the reality is it will probably continue to go on for the rest of the year, I think um, actually you have lines that are being drawn. And I think quite candidly, I think if the question is Mike Pence or or the liberal protesters who comes out on top, I think yesterday it's Pence won, protesters nothing. Coming up next, big story number 2, a change in priorities in the Milwaukee County Sheriff's office. Stick around. Every
1: American farmer works hard. It's a given. And at Golden Harvest Seeds, we believe that seed performance should be a given, too. We're rooted in genetics, agronomy, and service to help you deliver a better performance in each of your fields. Your success is our success. So put us to work for you. Visit GoldenHarvestSeeds.com or contact your local Golden Harvest seed advisor. And let's get started. Without the right insect protection, all your hard work could be eaten away. But if you plant Golden Harvest corn hybrids with the AgroSure Duracade 5222 Easy Refuge Trait Stack, you'll have the ultimate insect protection. It has multiple modes of action that control 16 above and below ground pests, all with the convenience of 5% refuge in the bag. Nothing else works the same to protect genetic yield potential. Ask your Golden Harvest seed advisor about the ultimate trait stack. Let's get started at goldenharvestseeds.com. For many businesses, hiring is tough. You want access to highly qualified candidates fast. And you don't want to sign a long term contract or pay upfront fees. That's why you need Indeed.com, delivering six times more hires than any other job site, according to independent research. Indeed is offering new users a $50 credit to give their first job post premium visibility as a sponsored job. Redeem this offer at Indeed.com slash credit. That's Indeed.com slash credit. Terms, conditions, and quality standards apply.
5: Maybe it's a pair of shoes, maybe it's a certain bike, maybe it's a certain mattress. Whether you're running, biking, or even sleeping, the equipment you use matters. Beautyrest provides equipment for high-performance sleep to help you perform better than ever. For a limited time, get great deals on select Beautyrest mattresses during the Beautyrest high-performance sleep sale. Find a retailer at beautyrestretailers.com. Get your Beautyrest at Silica
6: for Your Home in Fond du Lac or Mattress Express Plus in Kenosha.
0: 925 Jeff Wagner 620 WTMJ in light of the data breaches involving Equifax and Yahoo is there anything we can do to keep our personal information private in this day and age of technology what's the one most important thing you can do to protect yourself Scott and Melissa go in search of the answer 420 today tune in during Wisconsin's afternoon news big story number two there is a new sheriff in town and he is cracking down on speeding on the freeway now we've talked about this this before Uh, If you drive around the streets of the city of Milwaukee or Milwaukee County in general, you take your life into your own hands. We do these topics, and every time we do, I get all this feedback from people saying, No, Jeff, it's not just as bad as you're talking about. It's a lot worse. You have people driving like absolute fools, endangering people's lives, and and they do it with relative impunity because they, they can get away with it. Well, what's happening now is there is a new sheriff in town after David Clark resigned, uh, his number two in command, Richard Schmidt, he is now the acting sheriff. And one of the things that he has done since taking over is he has made cracking down on speeders on the freeway a priority. What they've done is they've started with what they they call the the saturation patrols. And, And by the way, they make no secret about this. This isn't like they set up speed traps and the police officers hide behind you know billboards and they try to catch somebody driving 5 miles an hour over the speed limit that's not what they're looking for the police are out in force And they are pulling over people who are driving at high rates of speed. The people, most of these tickets are written to people who are driving 10 miles an hour over the limit or more. So, again, this isn't this game where, hey, the speed limit's going to go from 40 to 25, and it goes there in a matter of feet, and we're going to pull people over who haven't slowed down. That's not what they're all about. Okay, so here's where the numbers are, and the Journal Sentinel reported this the other day. Nearly 1,000 drivers have been ticketed for speeding on Milwaukee County freeways in the past month. The number of tickets that were written in August is about 30% higher than the previous August. And the number of tickets they've written is the highest since uh, deputies wrote uh, 1,100 tickets in, in April. Monthly average... In this year, was about 840. That was the average in 2016. Now they're writing 1,000 tickets. Now, look, let's be honest. There is a revenue component to this. You get caught speeding, and you're, you're going to get... You know, you're going to get a ticket, and you're going to have to pay the ticket, or there's going to be consequences. I understand some people just decide that they're not going to pay the tickets, and that's a whole other story. But the bottom line is, for lots of responsible drivers, you get pulled over for driving 10 or 15 miles an hour over the limit. There's going to be consequences. There's going to be an expensive ticket. It's going to impact your insurance. And it's going to have a way of saying, hey, maybe you need to slow down. So there is a revenue generating component to what the sheriff's department is doing. I don't believe though, that the reason they are doing it is to raise money. I think what they are doing is, I think the acting sheriff recognizes that there is a huge problem with the way people drive. And what he's trying to do is get a handle on this and deter people from driving like complete and total idiots on the Milwaukee County freeways. And you know what? To the extent this works, I am with him 100%. Now, again, if these stories were people being pulled over for driving 58 in a 55-mile-an-hour zone, I, I would have a different position on that. But to the extent that we see all this speeding that's going on, I am absolutely thrilled that you have law enforcement cracking down on this. All right, this is big story number two, our number, 414-799-1620. That is the acunate mortgage talk and text line. The Milwaukee County Sheriff's Department is making no bones about it. They are out there in force. They are looking for a grant from the state patrol to have more cops out there pulling people over for speeding and driving recklessly. Is this a good thing? Or is this turning Milwaukee County into one giant speed trap? I say go for it. 414 That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We are back to discuss right after the news. It's nine thirty four. Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. Okay, Eric texts, I'm a local truck driver, and I say it's about time. The freeways, freeways, freeways around Milwaukee are like a free-for-all racetrack. Nobody has any courtesy or respect for anyone else for the laws. It's becoming more like Chicago all the time. Rocky Tex, this is awesome news. There is a secret to not getting a ticket. Stop speeding. 414-799-1620. Mark in West Dallas. Mark, good morning.
4: Oh, good morning. Good morning. Um, I'd like to share my opinion about this real, real quick here. Um, I think one of the reasons, it, it, first off, it's a good idea that that they're starting to uh, buckle down a little bit on the tickets. Um, operate a courier service in Milwaukee, and uh, we've got over a hundred drivers um, throughout a forty-mile region of downtown Milwaukee. And um, the construction is a nightmare.
2: Right, right. Just, just
4: bottom line, a nightmare. Um, I think people are starting to get upset with that, um, and they're trying to get through it the quick as they can. You know, from Brown Deer, forty three, Southbound to college, is about a fifty to sixty minute ride every day during rush hour. That's twenty two miles. In Chicago, you can get much further. You can get forty two miles in twenty two minutes. Right. So that's I think on top of that, that's really culminating to a lot of ugliness.
0: Yeah, I mean and obviously and unfortunately I mean thanks to call, construction is gonna be with us for a while but but i guess one of the things that i i have noticed is with you know and we can have a large conversation about what what's the cause of this but i mean i think people are in fact getting more out of control and like i say when i saw that there was this crackdown on speeding the first question i had is all right are are, are we trying to turn this into a speed trap is this one where you've got the police cars that are hidden behind the billboards and they're pulling people over for going 59 in a 50 mile 55 mile an hour zone and and the answer to that is no. I mean the the people they are ticketing are really speeding and in many cases people are really speeding really fast and i think for the vast majority of people you know the, the the message is good you know we we want we want people caught we don't want to turn milwaukee county into a giant speed trap but you know there, there's no reason for people to be driving fifteen and twenty miles an hour over the speed limit and to your point particularly where you've got all this construction that's going on. You've got the construction workers, and you've got the lanes that zigzag in and out, and some are more narrow. You know, it's just, you don't need to drive 75 in a 55-mile-an-hour zone. Fred in Muskego. Fred, you're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning.
2: It's about time somebody is doing something about what's been happening on these freeways. They're crazy. The people drive as fast as they want, they never look at the speed limit, and I believe in the past few years, they have become terribly dangerous to drive on. I always told my wife, if you're ever going anywhere, take the freeway, because it's the safest place to drive. Now I tell her, take side streets.
0: Well, yeah, but, of course, you look at – I mean, it depends on which sides. I mean, thanks to God. It depends on what side streets you're telling her to take because I, I will tell you there's lots of areas. You, you try driving Capitol Drive. You try driving, you know, Hampton. You try driving North Avenue. You try driving Silver Spring, and you're really taking your life into your hands in those situations as well. So it's kind of a horse apiece because there's so many irresponsible and reckless drivers out there. But, you know, if you look at functions of the sheriff's department – and this is something that gets lost a lot of times – you know day to day as a general rule law enforcement um th- that's that's up to the different police departments in the different municipalities i mean day-to-day law enforcement dealing with street crime is for example in Milwaukee is the Milwaukee Police Department that's what their responsibility is now the sheriff's department has law enforcement authority as well but in general I mean if you look at what the deputy sheriff's do it, it's it's enforcement of the, they work the airports they provide they work you know the, the county the county parks and the county grounds they work the jurisdictions that are under the direct authority of the county like the lakefront and, and like the freeways they provide 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 um the airport um you know those different types of things there it's a smaller department it's more limited uh, and of course you've, you've got the jail as well so that's where their responsibility primarily lies and in all honesty i mean i am thrilled to see the new sheriff the acting sheriff you know focusing on what i think is a principal priority again of the sheriff's department and if it if it makes if it makes things just a little bit safer I'm down with it. Mark in Milwaukee. Mark, you're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning. Oh, good morning, Jeff. How's it going? Very well, thank you. What do you think?
7: Um, I, I've got a couple points. and I, I take the freeway every day to work, uh, live, uh, live and go to work on the freeway. And I'm driving at 5 in the morning, and I'm seeing literally uh, last week there was at least five people pulled over. And I'm thinking, hmm. okay, they're pulling everyone that's going to work. Over, and meanwhile, you have cars terrorizing the neighborhoods. You know, like mm-hmm. you said, Capitol Drive, right. I live off of 68th or 60th Street, Oklahoma, you know, and loud mufflers mm-hmm. uh, going 50 and up 30. And I'm like, where are the cops in the neighborhood?
1: Mm-hmm.
7: Why are they focusing on people going to work? And I do realize people drive fast on the freeway, but. Would you rather have people
0: go slow on the freeway, or? Well, well but but here again, Mark, let, let me make a distinction. You, you have you, We're talking about two different different law enforcement agencies. That the county sheriff's department has principal responsibility together with the state patrol but but principal responsibility for enforcing traffic laws on the freeway in Milwaukee County you know they're also responsible for you know again other other county areas like the lakefront and, and things like that it's the Milwaukee Police Department that has principal responsibility for enforcing the traffic laws in the city of Milwaukee. So don't get me wrong. I understand exactly what you're saying and I, I do agree that you know if somebody's going to be driving 75 miles an hour for example it's more dangerous to have them driving 75 miles an hour blowing a red light on 92nd or 91st and Silver Spring than it would be necessarily on the freeway. Um, but, but still it's bad all around. But I, I think you have to keep in mind where the responsibilities are. If you want more cops on the road um, in the city of Milwaukee, ticketing and pulling over speeders and car thieves and things like that. And I'm with you 110% on that. What you need to do is you need to talk to Tom Barrett. You need to talk to Ed Flynn. The, I mean, the sheriff, the county sheriff, primarily, they're responsible, again, for the freeways that's why you don't see Milwaukee police officers making stops traffic stops on the freeway unless they're involved in some sort of chase or something like that you know that's the when you see somebody pulled by the side of the road on the freeway that's going to be either the state patrol or it's going to be the county sheriff's department when you see somebody pulled over Um, for speeding or blowing a red light to the extent that they don't run away from the cops, you're going to see, I mean, that's going to be Milwaukee police. So you've got to keep in mind the different jurisdictions that are there. In any event, I think the sheriff is on to something. I think this is the way that we should be using sheriff's department resources. And candidly, I think a lot of deputies would tell you the same thing. All right, when we come back, big story number three and an update on yet another car chase that results in somebody being injured stick around it's 942 this is jeff wagner it's 946 jeff wagner 620 wtmj in a service-based business people are the product the coo of milwaukee-based penrod imparts that philosophy on the team at new Walkie in the intersection of people in place podcast that's now up on wtmj mobile all right coming up in about 20 minutes is it going to be the hop or will it still be the flop We'll talk streetcar in just a couple minutes. Um, I just an, an update on a story that we have been following all morning. Um, there was the report. Well, here, here's the way the McGuiness Police Department reports it: On Monday, October 9th, uh, okay, so this is this morning, approximately one fifty-four a.m., two a.m., officers encountered a one-vehicle accident. The vehicle struck a utility pole on Holtz Parkway, um, south of County Highway. Um, Es upon arrival, the 15 year old male driver fled on foot. The 14 year old female passenger was extricated from the vehicle and transported to Waukesha Memorial Hospital with severe injuries. Uh, State patrol is assisting the village. Due to the severity and scope of the accident. So this is a nasty one. The village of McGuanagoe Police Department requested the assistance of the sheriff's department um, because they had they were trying to search for and rescue the driver. They figured the crash was so bad that maybe the driver had just, I mean, thrown from the car. Who knows? Um, as the search area expanded, several more fire departments were called to the search, the wooded and swamp areas along the Fox River. After approximately three hours of search and rescue, it became evident through communications, that the driver was evading law enforcement and was not injured. Now, the update to that, we were talking about earlier this morning, um, Okay, it's, of course, the dazzling detail is it's a 15-year-old. It's 2 o'clock on Sunday morning, and the 15-year-old is with his 14-year-old passenger, girlfriend, whatever this is. The two of them are out on a joyride. So we were talking, I mean, I, I said, okay, well, I I know this dealer didn't go, no, this guy didn't go into the car dealer and buy it. You know, was it stolen? Was it? Turns out it was taken from the 15 year old's parents' house. So the 15 year old is out driving at a high rate of speed in this car that he's taken from his parents' house. Now, I I think sometimes we do overuse this particular question, and some of you aren't going to like to hear this, but, all right. This is a school night, right? School in session today. I mean, it's Columbus Day. I, where it's it's President's Day. I don't know, but but it's okay. It's a Sunday night, all right. It is a Sunday night in early October. This fifteen-year-old is driving with you know daddy's car at a high rate of speed with his fourteen-year-old girlfriend or whatever fourteen-year-old female passenger who is now severely injured. And of course, the fifteen-year-old racks up the car, doesn't have the guts is such a cowardly little punk that he leaves the 14-year-old essentially for dead in the car and he runs away. Um, but we, we ask this question a lot. Sometimes it's overused. But really, where are the parents? I mean, seriously, where, where are the parents? You know, we used to say, parents, do you know where your kids are? And believe me, I am not excusing this 15-year-old punk at all. But, I mean, really, it's 2 o'clock in the morning, 15 years old. No driver's license. He has obviously doesn't have permission to drive the car. So he steals dad's car and is driving at a high rate of speed. And I understand that sometimes parents say you can't watch the kids 24-7, and I get that. But, I mean, really? How can you be out at 2 o'clock in the morning and the parents, you know, don't know or don't care or whatever? And these are the types of things that result in this. And the other story from over the weekend, more details are emerging Friday morning, um, 6.30 in the morning, Acura speeds through a red light in Milwaukee, slams into a school bus. Um, Turns out that you've got six suspects, six kids. This is 6.30 in the morning, crammed into this stolen Acura. All of them were, let's see, um, there were uh, one 16-year-old you know, two 15-year-olds and three 17-year-olds, I guess, all six suffered minor injuries, but they're out driving around in a stolen car. Um, The police say, okay, these six people that were in the stolen car, none of them involved are new to the criminal justice system. The Glendale police um, officer says none of the people involved are new to the criminal justice system. These aren't kids out there joyriding. This isn't something that was just a one-time deal for any of the people involved in the case. So, I mean, again, you have this story. Saturday night, I was um, talking to somebody who's in the automobile industry, and and they were just talking about how – Appalling! This entire thing has become about how you have these dealerships at the very the break-ins at these various dealerships, and a- again, unless somebody gets injured, it is not viewed as a priority by the police a- at all. It's like, okay, it- it's car theft, and part of the reason why is because, as we've talked about before, you have a dysfunctional juvenile justice system, and I use that in quotation marks, where you catch these kids who are stealing car after car after car, driving in a reckless fashion. They go into the ju- That is the Milwaukee County Juvenile Justice System. And, And they know that they're going to be sent back out on the streets an hour and a half later. And it gets frustrating for the victims of all these car thefts. It gets frustrating for the cops. We have a completely and totally dysfunctional system. And until we start saying car theft is a big deal, and the first time you steal a car and you get caught... There is going to be some sort of mandatory punishment. You are going to go, not necessarily into adult court, but, you know, we don't care if you're 14. We don't care if you're 16. We don't care if you're 17. You know, you get caught, and, and yeah, you're going to go away for a little bit. You're going to go to a juvenile detention facility, and you're going to hopefully learn your lesson because what we're doing now just doesn't work. Okay, it's 952. Big thing number three is coming up. President Trump doubles down on immigration. Stick around. It's nine fifty six. Jeff Wagner, six twenty. WTMJ. Coming up in about ten minutes. Will the hop be a flop? And then goodbye, Columbus. Stick around. All right. Big story number three. Um, the, the Trump administration, I think, is making a huge mistake. Um, you have you have the, the dreamers. Everybody knows about that. These are these are. There's about eight hundred thousand dreamers who were brought into this country as children um they are here illegally their parents came here illegally to be a dreamer you have to register you have to um a- again be productive and you have to continue to you know keep that up if you leave the country you lose your ability to stay here you're not on a path of citizenship you're just not a priority for the immigration people and i, I think most of us conservatives liberals, moderates, recognize that when you look at the problems we have with illegal immigration, and believe me, we have a lot of problems, these dreamers, this subset of the people who are here illegally, they are not the problems. And it appeared that, you know, we had worked out something, the president had cut some deal with the Democrats, and I think a lot of Republicans were on board as well was saying, let's work out a legislative response. President Obama decided by executive decree to a decree to allow the DREAMers to say, that was an overreach. But let's work out a legislative response. Let's recognize we've got bigger problems when it comes to immigration. We need to tighten the border, those types of things. Well, alright, th- that was well and good. It appeared that we had a deal that was moving on. Over the weekend, um, the Trump administration saying, well, I'm still willing to go along with that for the DREAMers, but I want all these other things now. I want funding for the border wall. I want this, I want that, I want the other thing. And of course, now you have heads exploding all over. I mean, here, here, here is, here's the deal. And here's the way I see it. I think we need to figure out what our priorities are. And I think the president is making a mistake. When he decides, for example, to push for his funding of the border wall, something that a lot of Republicans don't agree with, when he's trying to push to say, "Okay, that's got to be a condition uh, of allowing these dreamers to stay. If all of us or the majority of people agree that the dreamers are not creating the problems, well, then I think trying to force people to do other things and agree to other controversial stuff in exchange for... Allowing dreamers to stay for a period of time. I, I just I understand there's horse trading and I understand that going back and forth in politics, you've got the whole art of the deal. But this is a situation where I, I candidly I look at it and I say, What well, do you, Mr President, really need to pick this fight at this particular time in your administration? Or maybe is this one of these examples where we can all come together and say, Hey, this is a common sense period of immigration reform let's worry about this and then let's take up the whole issue of the wall or something like that separately just saying all right coming up in just a couple minutes goodbye columbus and will the hop be a flop stick around it's 959 this is jeff wagner It's 10.09. This is Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. So very glad to have you with us. All right. All right. Is it the hop or is it the flop? Um, when I saw this story, I posted something on Twitter. And by the way, you can follow me. It's um, at Jeff Wagner620. And it, it led to a spirited Twitter discussion, including people saying, see, See this. This proves it. This streetcar, Tom Barrett. You've been calling it Tom Barrett's trolley folly. Oh, th- this is just what. This is going to be the huge success. All right. Well, is it going to be the hop or is it going to be the flop on Friday afternoon, um, with much fanfare? Now, also, I think this is interesting. Keep in mind, in the city of Milwaukee, there are so many different needs that, that we have. Whether it's Crime control, or joblessness, or, or helping people do different things. I mean, there there are there's just there are more needs than there are money to go around. So yesterday on Friday afternoon, um, with much fanfare, the the mayor came out and announced that the Potawatomi Casino folks had decided that they were going to put up ten million dollars over the course of the next twelve years to sponsor. The streetcar, and they were going to call the streetcar the hop. Uh, The name will be the hop presented by the the Potawatomi Hotel and Casino. Um, The mayor says, we are also excited to announce that the funds, now get this, will include paying for free rides for everyone, for the first 12 months of the streetcar's operation, it's an amazing gift to Milwaukee's residents and workers, etc., etc. So the Pottawatomie is essentially going to be underwriting the cost of the rides on the streetcar for the, the first year. And everybody, oh, this is just so great. It's going to be just absolutely wonderful. All right, our number, 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Now, I want to say this up front. I think it is incredible. I think it I mean I think it's I, I think it's great that they have, you know, free rides and I have no doubt that the fact that you can ride the thing for free will artificially boost ridership a little bit. My guess is even riding for free and of course that's what the mayor wants to do. The mayor wants this to be a success. And so, one of the ways you judge the success is if people had to pay even a buck to ride the thing. I think Tom Barrett knows that very few people would have ridden it. So the idea, okay, if it's free, people are more likely to take advantage of this, um, and that's fine. That that that's fine, and I'm sure it will increase ridership a little bit. I have two predictions to make: four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. All right, here here's the deal. I mean, first of all, I still think even with free ridership, this thing is not going to come close to generating any significant number of riders because it doesn't go anywhere. That's number one. And and number two, after people have to start paying for this, unless the Pottawatomie are going to agree to just pay for free rides forever, which they're not going to do, I think... I, I think that even if there's a one year success, and I'm not even willing to concede that, I, I think that once people have to start paying for rides, the hop becomes a major league flop. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. All right, is this Is this the game changer with the streetcar? The fact that they've got naming rights, they're going to be poning up a degree of money, this is how they're choosing to spend it, and you're going to have free rides for a year. Is this going to be the salvation of the streetcar? And will all those of us who have been critics of this, will we now have to eat our words five or ten years from now? 414-799-1620. Mike on the northwest side. Mike, you're first.
4: Well, my, uh, Jeff, good morning. Uh, my thoughts are the Potawatomi are donating this money uh, for an ulterior motive. Uh, the ulterior motive is that the streetcar will get extended to the Potawatomi Casino from downtown.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it, it mean it's, right? It's, it, you, you think at some point in time. Now, that's not part of the original extension, but you're thinking at some point in time it will be?
4: That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking they're not just doing this out of the goodness of their heart. They're doing it for long-term gains on their part.
0: Well, you're a little bit of a cynic, Mike, but you know what? That wouldn't necessarily surprise me. You know, the the mayor has already been very, very... Hey, and I'm going to want to give bear it credit he's already been very clear by coming out and acknowledging i think that very few people are going to ride this initial stage because it doesn't go anywhere but the ultimate plan is right right so the ultimate plan is okay let's take another hundred million dollars and let's run it down to canal street or or rent it from the bus depot out there um could be so you think this is not just generosity but um trying to buy their own stop on the streetcar line huh absolutely no, no thanks Nicole. well i i'm i wouldn't be surprised if you know that's that's part of the long range plan that's there but the truth of the matter is i still don't think that that's going to make any difference i mean really i mean how many how many hundreds of millions of dollars would it cost to run the streetcar, you know, down Canal Street to the to Pottawatomi Casino? I mean, then what do you do? Do you say you would take it out to Miller Park? Now, obviously, that is Tom Barrett's master plan. He wants this to be his legacy. And I think he thinks that this is a step closer to it. And again, I, I think free rides are great. Look, I, I'm. I'm from around here. You know, free is for me. I mean, that's that's absolutely tremendous as well. 414-799-1620. Ray in Illinois. Ray, you're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning.
2: Morning, Jeff. How are you?
0: Very well, thank you. Okay, the hop or the flop?
2: Um, I think still the flop um, because... Um, The first caller kind of stole my thunder a little bit. Um, There's got to be something in this for the Pottawatomie, like a a stop on the uh, streetcar line at their casino. In a few years, just magically there's going to be an expansion to the Pottawatomie Casino. Um, No, I mean, free rides maybe for a year I mean, come on, everybody likes free rides. Huh. And by the way, why couldn't the Piawatomie I mean, maybe take some of these millions and put it into the bus system, which already works?
0: Well, you know, that, th- that's it. Thanks, Nicole. That, that is an interesting question. And I don't tell people how to promote stuff. But yeah, if, if you had, and see, this is an interesting thing with the mayor. If you had a corporate sponsor, a business, That had $10 million that they were willing to invest in something for naming rights and all. All right, is really, is the streetcar the top priority? Now, again, I I understand. Matter of fact, this is the point that John makes in an email. Um, It's it's going to pad the numbers. I I think Barrett was pretty smart here since you know that people will try it now who would have never tried it otherwise simply because it's free. So that will no doubt pad the numbers for the first year to make it look better. But the 12-year deal, I think it was the deal that only actually pays for operating costs for what they figured. What is it, for For three years? So what happens after a couple years when they won't be able to get a new sponsor since the Pottawatomie still have the rights for nine more years? It, it, these are all very, very valid questions to, to ask. And I understand there's a lot of backslapping and high-fiving down at city halls. Oh, this is, this is great. All these naysayers, these people who've been making fun of the trolley, um, you know, here, we're going to turn it around. I don't think so. Richard, uh, who's calling us from the villages in Florida. Richard, good morning.
3: Yeah, hi. Uh, I just wanted to comment that this uh, very same thing happened in Atlanta two years ago when they first got the thing running. Uh, they really hyped the fact that it's free, and look at how many riders are riding it. But what they found out is the homeless were riding around on it day and <laughs> night, especially in the winter. <laughs> and then last year, they raised the rides to $1.
0: right. And nobody rides it anymore. Well, that see that that, you know, Richard, I am so glad you because that 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 look. Let's face it, I I live in the real world. You know that is exactly what's going to happen here. Um, You're you're going to have uh, again. You're going to have a lot of people who are just going to be killing time. They are going to be riding it for free. That'll be cool. The numbers may look good in the first year, although I'm not necessarily convinced about that. But you're right. The minute they start charging, people aren't going to pay for it. So then there's going to be the pressure, oh, now we have to figure out some other way to provide this for free. This is all, at least in my opinion, a shell game by the mayor of the city of Milwaukee because he doesn't want this to look as much like a flop as I think it's really going to be.
3: Yeah, and actually what should be pointed out that there's, there's no – Street car. There's several streetcars in cities around the country, especially Portland. And I love Portland, and it's free downtown. And then you pay on a schedule as you get out of the city. Fact of the matter is, what everybody found out a few years ago is Portland's been padding it. They've actually been subsidizing it on the on the down low for years, and we're telling the taxpayers this.
0: Um, yeah, it, exactly. What what a surprise! I mean, thanks to God. What a surprise! We're going to pad the numbers again. I understand Barrett wants this to be his legacy. I'm sure he was absolutely thrilled to have this happen. Um, I, I think the reality is going to be something different. You, you, you wonder is there some behind the scenes deal to say, okay, you know, the next phase we're going to now run it down to the casino because then at least it'll arguably be some. It'll go someplace that people arguably want to go. At the same time, how many tens of millions of dollars is that going to cost? Nope, I'm sorry. I continue to believe the hop is going to be a monumental flop, and people in Milwaukee are going to be paying for Tom Barrett's trolley folly for the next several decades. It's 1020. This is Jeff Wagner. It's 1022. Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. Mitch writes. Subsidized stupidity is still stupidity. Maybe the Potawatomi can subsidize the police department instead. Yeah. Now, if if you have if you have ten or twelve million dollars and you really want to do something, and, and the Potawatomi get to spend their money however they want, but if you really, if I were the mayor and I was really like looking for naming rights, maybe how many cops? Remember, this is the same mayor that is talking about getting rid of dozens and dozens of police positions. Maybe we could sell like the naming rights to a police station, you know, one of the district stations. Here, why don't you sponsor that? Or or why don't you sponsor, I, I don't know, these police cars brought to you by the Pottawatomie Casino. Now, see that? That would be something rather than the trolley. I think people would say, oh, at least, at least it's useful. The Potawatomi are giving us this money, and we're going out, and we're, we're buying a bunch of police cars. Or, hey, this recruiting class, you know, sponsored by the Potawatomi Casino. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, let's say, okay, Kevin and Muskego. I still don't know who's going to be riding this. I've been driving for Uber on Friday and Saturday nights in Milwaukee. I stay around the east side and the city college campuses. This is how everyone gets around today. Yeah, Uber, the streetcar won't serve these areas. I, I say it's a flop. Yeah, what are you going to, you know, do? You're going to be, you're going to call the Uber to drive you to, I don't know, the bus depot so you can hop on the trolley so you can go four blocks to the north to go to a bar. This entire thing is just. So, so very harebrained. And I understand there's people saying, oh, no, you you need this. This is the latest thing. You need this for modern technology. And it works in some cities. Well, okay, in in some cities where you can't get around, where you can't park, and the population density is so large that you can't, you know, get where you're going easily. All right, and th- that, that might be the case. In Milwaukee... That's not a problem. There's normally plenty of parking in that area where the streetcar is going to run. The only problem now is it's all torn up because, I mean, they're tearing down the roads. or are tearing up the roads to put in the silly streetcar. And you look at, I mean, Kenosha is a smaller, but it's an example. Kenosha, their, their streetcar, it, it's an air trolley. I mean, it drives around essentially transporting air. This is going to be, you know, no different. You know, this is going to be no different at, at all. Now, the only way... You could, I think, dramatically increase ridership would be if you spent, I don't know, 100. Uh, keep in mind, this first little stretch is, what, $120 million. All right, so if you were to take a billion dollars, B as in billion, and you run it to the casino or run it to Miller Park or... Or run it to, you know, down Wisconsin Avenue to Marquette. You know, run it to the new Bucks Arena. Run it to the airport. Okay, you know, run it to UWM. All right, you know, if you started taking the trolley and and sending it to to people where people might really want to go, well, okay, you know, maybe I could see that you would increase ridership. But you're talking billions, B as in billions of dollars to put in technology that, you know, is 19th century or early 20th century technology that failed back at the time. I mean, really... At some point in time, don't you want to say enough is enough? I continue to believe The Hop will be a flop. All right. This I have been I I have been waiting all weekend to discuss this story with you because it just it demonstrates the screaming hypocrisy of of the left. Sexual harassment in the workplace is a big deal. And if Bill O'Reilly from Fox News did it, he deserves what he gets. And I know there's lots of Bill O'Reilly fans out there, but I'm sorry, it's a big deal. If, if Roger Ailes, the former, the late, you know, chief of Fox News, you know, did this, he, he deserves whatever he gets. So this, and interestingly enough, a couple days ago, the New York Times comes out with a story about Harvey Weinstein. Now, I don't know if you, if, if people know who Harvey Weinstein is, but I mean, he's been he has been the darling of Hollywood for 30 years. He, together with his brother, they started Miramax. And so, I mean, Harvey Weinstein's been the guy who's, you know, invested in all these movies. He's the, the classic example of a modern-day movie mogul. He's also a pig, a sexist pig. And the New York Times, it takes 30 years to run this story. But the New York Times, late last week, you know, breaks this story about all these different women and, Actresses, production people, women behind the scenes who are all telling the same story about how they've been sexually harassed by Harvey Weinstein. There's this one story about one of these actresses, he calls her whistles her down for a meeting, you know, about a movie. You know, the meeting is suddenly scheduled in his motel in his hotel room and he says, Here, I want you to watch me take a shower. You know, that's that's the kind of guy this is. And there's been one settlement after another after another after another um, where people have been paid off because this guy is a pig, well, now what happens is New York Times runs the story fine for The New York Times, talking about how this has been going on for years and years and years, and how apparently the company has been paying off women um, uh, to make the these various claims go away. Weinstein now says, yeah, I know i 've got these problems, but the truth is you know he was fired over the weekend, fired over the weekend, but only. Not because of necessarily what he did, I think, only because it suddenly became public. Like the board of directors is saying, well, we've got new information. Well, These one board of directors after another for this company has been approving payoffs and settlements for years and years. The, The fact is, I think people knew or had to know in Hollywood that this guy was a pig for decades, but they were willing to look the other way. Why were they willing to look the other way? Well, okay, Chicago Tribune has an interesting article written by a woman who says, if allegations are true, Weinstein is worse than Ailes and O'Reilly. And they talk about why is it worse? Well, it's worse because he attended Planned Parenthood galas. Worse because he co-hosted lavish fundraisers for Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. Worse because he helped fund the Gloria Steinem endowed chair in media, culture, and feminist studies at Rutgers. Worse because he distributed The Hunting Ground, a haunting film about campus sexual assault. Worse, that is, because he positioned himself as a champion of women, a gender equality apostle, a change agent, a good guy. Well... Then they go on to write, he earned women's trust, um, at least women's who hadn't heard the stories, and then he violated it in the most contemptible way possible. Look, here's the truth. You will never ever convince me that people in Hollywood didn't know that this guy had been doing this for decades. I think what happened is because he was this liberal savior who was giving money to all the right causes and attending all the right events, they just, everybody looked the other way. And now, of course, finally the story breaks, and it's, at least everything I'm seeing, suggests this is like one of the, th- this was not really a secret in Insider Hollywood, the fact that this guy would do these type of things. But now that it's become public, everybody is shocked, shocked that there's gambling going on in Rick's Casino. They're shocked, shocked that Harvey Weinstein was, was uh, involved in all this harassment. It is the ultimate hypocrisy. And like I say, I, I have I have no sympathy at all with the Bill O'Reillys and the Roger Ailes if they did these type of things but you know what this is a guy on the left who was doing apparently the same thing maybe worse for years and years and years and everybody looked the other way because he was one of them how the mighty have fallen hoisted on their own petard as you would say all right coming up next goodbye columbus stick around it's 10:30 It's 1035, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ, so very glad to have you with us. Um, Your generosity has helped our WTMJ Cares Initiative raise hundreds of thousands of dollars in recent years for causes close to the heart of so many in our community. Now you have a chance to help out children with emotional or physical needs who find therapy and healing on horseback. Rides and Rains Therapeutic Riding Center in the town of Polk is in danger of closing its doors without our help. Go to WTMJ.com for details and keep listening for more information on this remarkable cause and what you can do to keep it alive through WTMJ Cares. This is the uh, project of um, my dear friend and colleague, Jane Matanier, Um and, and she's actually been talking about this therapeutic writing center for quite a while there's an amazing video that's out you can access that through 620 wtmj.com um this is all an effort to raise i think like 23 grand um so that the center can stay open they need to put in uh restroom facilities very very worthwhile cause and we'll be telling you about it more about it and how you can contribute over the course of the next couple weeks so check that out all right um today is columbus day Today is Columbus Day. Um, it is designed to um, honor the Italian navigator who sailed to the Americas on behalf of Spain in 1492, right? And so um, this has become, actually, for Italian Americans, this has become a real source of of pride. Um, matter of fact, there, there's going to be a Columbus Day parade in New York today. They anticipate that there'll be, oh, probably about 35,000 people who march in in this parade. So very, very cool in that regard. Um, Columbus Day has, of course, become, like so many things in this world, it has become controversial because the thinking among some people is that we we cannot honor christopher columbus as as an explorer we can't honor him as somebody who essentially discovered um the americas because in the view of some people he is he is not a hero what he is is he is a a colonizer um the complaint among some people is that you know we should not be celebrating Christopher Columbus because by discovering the Americas he opened the door to european colonization which brought disease, destruction and catastrophic wars to the people who already lived here. So the idea would be we were we would be much better off if Columbus had never discovered the new world because that then led to people who lived in Europe and all coming over to to this. How, how terrible, um, because he opened it to colonization. Um, Christopher Columbus was in fact evil and we should not be celebrating this and we should do away with Columbus Day and we shouldn't be talking about him as anything other than being an evil colonizer in, in schools. Um, and to the extent that is around, There are some people who are pushing that. There is a movement to abolish Columbus Day and replace it with something called Indigenous Peoples Day. Um, In Los Angeles, they became the biggest city to stop honoring Christopher Columbus. And instead, they are choosing, again, with Indigenous Peoples Day to recognize Columbus's victims, the victims of colonization, Austin, Texas, followed suit um, a week or two ago, um, and other cities like San Francisco, Seattle, a- and Denver are, are also. They've either considered this or they are doing it. So the idea is, it is time. It is time to recognize the indigenous people, the people who were here before Columbus who were just devastated by all the evil Europeans who, who came over here and, and brought disease. And we, we should not be honoring Columbus. How dare we do this? All right, right, is the Acunet Mortgage talk and text line. Is it time, with apologies to the author, Philip Roth, to say goodbye, Columbus? Is it time to say, you know what? Here in 2017, how can we be honoring somebody who discovered the Americas, Columbus, bad, indigenous peoples who were the victim of Christopher Columbus, good, this is all, we just, we kind of need to apologize for this, and the way we apologize for Columbus is by recognizing indigenous peoples. 414-799-1620, that's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line, is it time to do away With Columbus Day and with all due respect to the politically correct and the perpetually offended the folks who well say you know we would have really been better off if Columbus hadn't discovered the New World in 1492 Um, with all due respect to them I think that this idea that we have to go in for revisionist history and we, we have to somehow feel guilty because an italian navigator sailing on behalf of spain found the new world i'm sorry i'm not going to feel guilty i refuse to buy into this rap and as far as i'm concerned you know it's been columbus day for a long long time i don't have a problem with it continuing to be columbus day now if you want to if we feel this desire in this country that we need another day to close the banks or whatever, and we want to have the discussion about, gee, do we need to have Indigenous Peoples Day as well? Well, I, I'm at least open to that discussion. But do we need to get do away with Columbus Day? And for the Italian-Americans who celebrate Columbus Day, should you feel guilty? 414-799-1620. We discuss next. If you're on the line, please hold on. That's the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. It's 1042. This is Jeff Wagner. It's 1045. Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. Okay, today is the day we recognize Columbus Day. It's always recognized on the, um, the second Monday in October. Um, There are a number of people whose heads are exploding. Some communities, the largest being Los Angeles, has done away with Columbus Day in favor of Indigenous Peoples Day. The idea being Columbus is not somebody who should be celebrated. Columbus was an explorer. Columbus was also a colonizer. He led to the devastation of indigenous people. What we need to be doing is recognizing the victims of Columbus. We would all be better off, perhaps, if they had not discovered the new world 4147991620 susan sends me an email why in the world does everyone think they have the right to change what has been history for years i am so tired of this good or bad history is history you don't change it by taking down statues flags not celebrating certain days i will always celebrate columbus day and i will continue to celebrate christmas you see this is part of the thing you know when when we had this is Related to the whole debate that we are having about the Confederate statues, you know, oh my gosh, you know, you've got a statue of Robert E. Lee that's up there. Oh, this is so terrible. Don't you recognize, you know, what the South did? And of course, it is now playing out again in the larger perspective of, you know, all the founding fathers. Hey, don't you know how can we be recognizing Thomas Jefferson? Don't you know that that he was a slave owner? How can we be, um, how can we be recognizing, you know, James Madison? I mean, for, for goodness' sake. Is it time to now stop celebrating President's Day? Because, I don't know, you had presidents that had extremely negative impacts on the indigenous people. You know, what, what, what do you accomplish with this? Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. Kyle in Franklin. Kyle, you're on 620 WTMJ. Hi, it's Carl. Oh, hi, Carl.
2: <laughs> yeah, this, this falls in line with so many of the thoughts of li- either liberal or extremist on, on either end-of-the-spectrum thinking you you, you like the, the uh... text that you just read You know, it's not about changing history it's about it's about changing things that are wrong mm-hmm. to make make them right It's you don't change the history of it you know the romans went out and, and conquered mercilessly million, millions and millions of, of people in in vast areas of country you know uh, Genghis khan you know the Catholic Church has done things that, that are re- reprehensible, and, and don't still fully take accountability for it. But you don't change the history of what is to, to placate, you know, a, a small right. percentage of the population and, and, and basically extremist parts of our
0: population. See, and I, I mean, thanks. See I, see, I agree with you, Carl. I mean, here, see, here is the, the thing: if if you want to have an argument about whether. The Discovery of the New World by Christopher Columbus, and I understand you got the whole Leif Erikson thing before that, but let's put that aside. If you want to argue whether that was good for the world or not, is the world better because you had Europeans that that came here and ended up colonizing America or or, or whatever you want to refer to it as? And, And yes, there were obviously horrible things that were done. And yes, the Europeans brought disease with them. And yes, that had a negative impact on the indigenous peoples. But at the same time, that's that's why that the fact that you had the new world that was discovered in what was an incredibly adventurous journey. And yes, there have been if you look at the history of this country, there have been all sorts of things that I, I don't think we that we should necessarily be proud of and this goes back even before the time that the country you know before we were a country All right, but does that mean that you don't recognize at the same time the the achievement of somebody for actually discovering this I mean at once what point in time do we have to say you just can't sanitize history now if you want to have the discussion saying gee look at all these other things that developed after this ended up happening that you had the diseases that came with it that you had you know some of the brutal ways the indigenous people were treated and isn't that shame just like slavery. All right? Absolutely a shameful point in time in American history. But does that mean you, you pretend that it doesn't exist? Brian in Wauwatosa. Brian, you're at 620 WTMJ.
4: Good morning, Jeff. Hi, Brian. How are you doing?
0: Good. What do you think? I'm
4: having a great day. Oh, I'm thinking uh, well and good. Uh, the Italians, I'm not Italian myself, but they brought so much attributes and positivity to our country that I think that outweighs all the other uh, negativity that's changed. Right about them at this time for Columbus Day. Also, I'm thinking about uh, in uh, the African Heritage Day, they um, celebrate the Zulu tribe, and they were a tribe of expansionists, rape and pillage. They also brought culture to their land and unity also to their land. And uh, when does it stop?
0: Well, that's right. I mean, thank, no, thanks, because See, that's the question. It, it becomes when, when does it stop? Because I think you can, I, I mean, I, I don't know. You know, maybe maybe certain people who've been canonized for sainthood. But in general, I mean, I I think if you look back at at history, there's all sorts of movements and things that happen that have positives, and and they have negatives. And look, I I understand, I guess, if some Now, the the truth of the matter is, too, in 2017, there's really... Nobody who was affected directly or arguably in any sort of real relevant fashion indirectly by Christopher Columbus discovering the new world in 1492. All right, I mean, so at at this point in time, again, we're, we're trying to score political points for various things, so... Um, th- this, this is going to be an ongoing debate. And like I say, this is, this is the current movement. Matter of fact, in New York, there are already a couple statues of Columbus that were defaced because you've got people who are, again, just outraged about this. If you want to argue that, alright, you know, there were negatives and there were downsides to what Columbus did as well, that, that's fine. Nobody's perfect. But this idea that suddenly, after all these years, we have to somehow feel ashamed because I don't know, Christopher De Columbus discovered the new world, and we can't recognize that achievement. Sorry. I just, I mean, I don't buy into that at all. Marilyn in Waterford. Marilyn, you're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning.
6: Good morning. Uh, I listen to you every morning. Thank you. I feel so sorry for the people who see nothing but the negative side of absolutely everything that happens.
5: Right. <laughs>
6: uh, if Columbus hadn't come here, they wouldn't be
0: here. <laughs> well, that's... That, that,
5: you that's, know, yeah.
6: and... And I hope someday they find that perfect world that they're looking for. But, you know, we had it once in Eden, and we screwed that up,
0: too. (laughs) Well, that's, I I mean, right. I mean, thanks for the call. I mean, again, that's what, I mean, Columbus Day, for example, has morphed into a celebration of the the contributions that Italian-Americans have made. Um, You know, this goes back to the end of the 1800s where, you know, Italian-Americans began to link themselves with, you know, Columbus. Columbus Day recognized as a federal holiday in 1937. And really, all right, 1937, discover the new world in 1492. Have we really reached the point in 2017 where we have to start apologizing for, oh, well, Christopher Columbus, he, he he, he brought Europeans and that brought disease. Oh, okay. I mean, at some point in time. Don't you need to say, look, we we have to treasure our history. We have to learn from the mistakes of our history. But this idea that we can't recognize Christopher Columbus because, oh, my gosh, he was a colonizer. Just, Just get over it, snowflakes. 1053, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. It's 1056, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. Our text line just exploded. Next, they will be saying no President's Day because it includes Trump as our president. Oh, you know that's happening. We can't celebrate presidents because they will be honoring President Trump. Uh, G in Brookfield writes, hi, Jeff. I am a proud Sikh American. If it wasn't for the discovery of the new world, then I wouldn't be a Sikh American. We should celebrate. Um, yes. Let's see. So I guess we should stop our space exploration program. This is a journey of discovery. But because the human race is so cruel and slave owners, we don't deserve to explore space. Um, interesting interesting, interesting point. Another one. Exploration, discovery, and colonization was inevitable. The Spaniards and Vikings were at times ruthless. So were various indigenous peoples who conquered and subjugated subjugated each other long before the Europeans arrived. The study of the human race is a rough ride. Get a helmet. That's Mitch and Stephen's point. And Mitch and Sturgeon Bay, he is absolutely, totally correct. Oh my gosh. I mean, yes, what about the indigenous peoples who warred with each other and exterminated each other? Hmm. Well, we don't Necessarily want to worry about that. All right, this is another one of these examples where, as a recovering lawyer, I understand why people hate lawyers. And this is the the latest story. Okay, State Representative Dale kuyunga who is um, that this story broke in May, and he's actually he's running for state senate now. He's he's a leader in the Republican Party, really bright guy. Um, what happened is last May. He saw this protest sign taped up on the wall of the state capitol that described the president as being corrupt and a serial groper. It said Republicans back the president, quote, we are we the people be damned. OK, so he saw that and he didn't think it was appropriate. He took the sign off the wall. Now, apparently, the person who put this sign up there had gotten permission to to put to display the sign and it taped a copy of it to the back of the sign. And Kuyunga didn't see it, okay? That's that's what he says. Didn't see it when he took it down, all right? Now, my first question is, why the hell are we letting people just post signs like this on the walls of the state capitol? That's my my first question. But he he takes it down. This becomes a story. The guy guy who put the sign up complains that his hate-filled sign is gone. Capitol police see the state representative taking it down. They go to him. He said, yeah, I I removed it because I thought that this was inappropriate. Geez. What a shock! He thought it was inappropriate, um, but anyhow. So then they 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 return the sign. Okay, so you would think that that would be the end of this. On Thursday, the guy that put the sign up gets a lawyer and sues sues Kuyanga for violating his First Amendment rights. I mean, really, they fu- the guy puts up a sign which is arguably inappropriate. The state representative shouldn't have taken it down, but he does. Okay, they find him, he returns the sign, and now we're filing, you know, 5 months later, 4 months later, we're filing a lawsuit asking for damages. This is why people hate lawyers. Seriously. I mean, what's the guys, what's the guys penalty? I mean, really, you caught him, you got the sign back, sign gets to go up, you tell the lawmaker don't do this again. You want to make this a federal case? Really? Our tax dollars at work. It's 1059. This is Jeff Wagner. A lot of stuff coming up in the next hour of the program. Stick around. And I'm Jeff Wagner. It's 1109. Okay, so Mike. This is, I've been married for 10 days now. All right. To, Congratulations. Uh, uh, absolutely. they said it wouldn't last. I, <laughs> I, I, I understand. Like, like I understand. Like you and Gru were kind of into the, who's producing the show today. You guys were into the like over under pool with how long was this going to last here? You know, like, I lost my money. Uh, that's yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and of course, see, one of the things that happens is because we're still trying to work out like lifestyle stuff and all. Um, we, we see each other on weekends and then for scattering up because that's you know she works she works evenings in a community outside of milwaukee and i, I i'm up at five in the morning and it's just we have, we're still trying to figure out these kind of lifestyle things but it'll It'll all work out. Yeah, you know? it'll all slowly work out slowly but surely. So I just well, right, and and hopefully less slowly. Hopefully, <laughs> I know surely, and hopefully less than less than slowly. I, I know that there's these couples out there who, you know, they just like the you're, you're separated for you know you know only on weekends or weeks apart. I just don't get how that. And, I, and other people make it work, but eh, it's not going to work. No. for us. I mean, it, I, why? why why do you want that to work if you don't have to? I mean, you just don't. That's why you get married. You want to be together, right? You'd think so. Yeah, well, that's my goal at least. That's right, my goal. And that's why I got married because I just I want to be together with this woman. That's it. So, so Gru, where were you? You you took, you, you think this is going to last for a while, right? Who's producing the show? You see, you know, because yeah, I mean it's it's. Yeah, I'm I married for life. That that that's kind of it. So you know, that's that's what I warned her. I said, just so you know, I I'm married for life. So you're you're stuck with me. Once you end up saying I do. Hey, Mike was just talking about the, the story involving Jerry Klechka, who passed away at the age of seventy three. Um, I, I I knew him peripherally. I mean, if you've if you've been part of Wisconsin politics, you know, as part of the you know, any time you know, growing up, you I mean, Klechka was 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 quite a figure. Um, he he was the the he represented the 4th congressional district which um, it, Wisconsin used to have 9 congressional districts now we have have 8 um, but he essentially represented the the, the south the, the south side of of Milwaukee for example, and and then parts of you know the northern part of Racine County and out into Waukesha County. Now, now we just have eight. Now, essentially, Gwen Moore represents all of Milwaukee County. That's one congressional district. But but Jerry Klichko, Southside Congressman, but um, he was, well, he was certainly a liberal, but in my opinion, he he wasn't a screaming irrational, you know, hair on fire liberal. He was also somebody who I, I think had that. And I say this in the fondest way. Had that that South Side, you know, sensibility, big part of the Milwaukee South Side, and actually uh, a very long and successful career. Um, he started in the Assembly as a state representative. Was there from like sixty nine to seventy four? He was in the state senate for about ten years, and then um, he, following the death of Clement Zablocki, who was the long time you know congressman from that area, um, he, he was elected in nineteen what eighty four, and you know served in Congress um, until he retired in January of two thousand five. So twenty years, but I mean that state representative, state senator, congressman. Like I say, we we didn't agree on lots and lots of issues, but at the same time, you know, you see people, whether they're liberal or conservative, Republican or Democrat, who devote their lives to public service, and again, you can disagree with people on different issues, but I mean, Jerry Kletchka was a good guy. There's just no question about it. He was a good guy. He was a tough negotiator sometimes on things, but I, I think... He represented his district, and he represented his district well, um, and he was a a big part of the fabric of, you know, Wisconsin politics for the better part of 35 years, and just passed away over the weekend at the age of 73, which is way too soon, and just, again, just way too soon, so um, just wanted to, to say, you know, sail on, Jerry. All right. I am curious as to how you are going to respond to this question. There um after, I mean, it's been one week since the, the shooting in, in Las Vegas, horrible, horrible situation. And unfortunately, as often happens in the aftermath of a shooting like this, a tragedy, you, you, have, you have people who decide that they are going to exploit it to you know, advance their particular causes. Now, Jason Aldean, who was the, the singer on stage at the time of this performance, he he canceled he canceled his performances. Other other shows, you know, went went ahead. They they went on. I mean, Las Vegas Las Vegas is now back open for business. Other concerts have gone on since then um we, we move on in in this country and the idea that okay just because you had this horrible shooting at an outdoor concert certainly it enhances i think the you know the security and the need to be again aware that there's crazy people out there who might do these things but life does in in fact You know, go on, and and we do things. There was a local story last week involving a Milwaukee County supervisor, uh, Deanna Alexander, who is – she's a lightning rod because she's one of the handful of conservatives that are on the Milwaukee County board. So you have the the left that's out there that they're upset. Anything they can do to try to demean her, they do because they they don't like her politics. Well, she had a, a fundraiser was scheduled at a gun range. It was scheduled before this, and she was getting criticized for, oh, you, you sh- it's insensitive that you didn't cancel it. To which my response was, why? I mean, seriously, you, you know, th- this idea that, okay, just because you have a crazy guy who goes, you know, nuts and acts out like this in Las Vegas, does that mean that you've got this fundraiser that you're, you know, hey, come, we're going to have trained safety people. You can shoot guns. I mean, th- I just thought I, there was a complete disconnect. I thought it was a shameful, cheap shot taken against her. All right, here's, here's this other story. Let me just share this with you. Mike Sessoms, this is Matt Sessoms, this is the way the Washington Post reports it, was stopping at his local Walmart superstore in Oxford, Mississippi, on Saturday afternoon when he did a double take. Outside both entrances of the store were tables set up to promote a raffle for a nearby church. Okay, so Walmart is letting the church set up tables outside the door. They're doing a raffle. The prizes? Two AR 15 rifles. Tickets were $10 each or three for $20. Manning the table, Sessum said, were two adults and three children who looked to be around the same age as his 10 year old daughter. He said, um, you know, there was this one little girl in particular, um, you know, was trying to flag people down and get them to buy raffle tickets for these guns that the church was raffling off. It just kind of blew my mind that little kids were participating in something, you know, like this. So he texts his neighbor. She runs down. She is appalled by this this at all. She said, I had a kid approach me. Kid said, would you like to join our raffle? We've got like two AR-15s that we're raffling off. And so the Washington Post then goes on with this kind of heavy-breathing story about how awful it was that a week after the shooting in Las Vegas, a a church would be having a a raffle, and that the the raffle, you know, would involve raffling off firearms. Okay, 414-799-1620. That is the AccuNet mortgage talk and text line. Now, I guess I, I think that there's two issues. Issue number one, now keep in mind, this is Oxford, Mississippi, and what plays in River Hills, Wisconsin, might be different than what plays in Oxford, Mississippi. But there's really two issues. On the one hand, the church has decided as a fundraiser, um, we're, we're going to auction off the, these two these two rifles, which are perfectly legal. We're going to offer them off, raffle them off as a way of raising money. So I guess question number one is, is it inappropriate for a church to be raffling off firearms and, as one of their fundraising things. And then question number two would be, even if it's appropriate, is it inappropriate to do this a week after the Vegas shootings? 414-799-1620, that is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I have a very definitive opinion on this, but I guess my question is, are are you appalled that the church would do this? And would it make any difference if it was, I don't know, the, the local Kiwanis Club or the local Rotary Club or whatever, who were auctioning off these firearms. Are these raffles inappropriate, especially given the fact that we had some crazy guy um, with an arsenal who went nuts and killed 50-some people in Las Vegas last week? Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. are these raffles a bad idea? Is it bad optics, or is this bad? Just much ado about nothing. 414 799-1620. We will discuss next. If you're on the line, please hold on. It's eleven eighteen. This is Jeff Wagner. It's eleven twenty-one. Jeff Wagner, six twenty WTMJ. Okay, four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. That is the ACUNET Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right, this church in Oxford, Mississippi, under criticism because they're running a raffle. Um, where they're $10 a piece, three tickets for $20. bucks. Um, they are they're raffling off two AR-15 rifles. And there is now, this is attacked to the attention of the Washington Post, and people are absolutely outraged. 414-799-1620, which is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I'm sorry, I, I just don't get it. I mean, I, I, look, I, I understand that there are people out there who believed that firearms are the cause of, of all that's bad in the world. I, I, I get that. And if we were trying to talk about, okay, ways that you could try to prevent this crazy guy in Las Vegas from doing what he did, I, I'm, I'm all in favor of that. But as, as long as these firearms are, are legal, of course, you're talking about Oxford, Mississippi in this case, which I, I suspect is an area where Lots of people like to go out and fish, and lots of people like to go out and hunt. The the idea that the reason the church is doing this as a fundraiser is because they figure that they're going to sell a lot of tickets because people would like to have the particular firearm that they are raffling off. So given the fact that they could walk into the Walmart store and buy the gun, I mean, is this really so bad? Or again, is this the whole idea of, well, okay, it's just too soon. Well, okay, I mean, it's it's a week later. Nobody is talking about selling. Now, if they were trying to, for example, auction off one of those bump stock things, that might be a kind of a different story. But in this particular case, I mean, I, I understand that some people say, well, a church shouldn't be doing this. But, okay, forget that, take the church aspect out of it. You know, Rotary Club, you know, Kiwanis Club, Lions Club, you know, whatever. They are offering, you know, that what they're doing is they are talking about you know, a legal product that they're doing. There is obviously a demand for this type of thing, and they're doing it as as a fundraiser. It's not like they're... I don't know, auctioning off a whole bunch of heroin or something like that. Okay, four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. that's the Accident Mortgage talk and text line. All right, should the church be ashamed that they are doing this? Okay, Jesse sends us a text. They could have been auctioning them off during a church picnic where they were selling alcohol. Eh, there's that issue, too. Jennifer in Jefferson. Jennifer, you're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning. Hi, Jeff. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Okay, should this church be ashamed of itself?
6: Um, I don't think they should be ashamed of themselves. What I told your screener is that when you have a raffle or things like that, you have to go through the gaming and gambling mm-hmm. things and you have to get approval from that. So timing wise, yeah, it may have seemed insensitive. However, they had probably had this set up for quite some time oh, sure, ahead yeah. of that. Sure. And if you don't draw it when you say you're going to draw your raffle, you can actually be found fraudulent mm-hmm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I think that maybe timing wasn't fantastic.
0: Yeah. But well, but I they guess, they I mean, some people might say, though, Jennifer, if this was so bad, they could have canceled it. They could have returned all the money and done all those things. I mean, I, I, I guess nothing said that they had to continue to go ahead with it, but they obviously made the decision to do that.
6: Right. And I guess if it was their primary fundraiser or anything hmm. like that, that might be what they needed to do. I'm not a huge gun person. I'm not a big fan of that. But obviously, people like that or they wouldn't buy the tickets. They wouldn't. There wouldn't continue to be things like gun raffles and yes. game feeds and things like that that do that. So,
0: yeah, I guess that. I mean, see, that's that's kind of how I look at this as well. I mean, thanks to call. See, that's 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 where I look at. I mean, th- this is a legal option, okay? And, and I I understand that maybe you know some people, if if you if you are appalled by the fact that you can buy semi-automatic firearms in this country, I get why. You know, people would be un- uncomfortable with this. But at the same time, again, this is a legal item. I don't think the sur- the church has anything that it should necessarily be apologizing for. All right, we're back with much more in just a minute. It's 1126. Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. Aaron Rodgers is able to lead the Packers to victory despite a lackluster defensive performance. All things told, do you think this is a championship caliber team just yet? Matt Pauley, who's in for Greg Matzik, opens the debate tonight on Sports Central at 635. It's one of my favorite Facebook stories. matter of fact, it was circulating today. Um, It's a picture of a a guy standing next to a car, and there is a young male who's sitting in the car kind of with a tear on his cheek. Here's here's what the story is. My brother-in-law went to pick up his kids from daycare on 76th and Hampton. As he was coming out, this kid who is fourteen years old was in his car trying to steal it. My brother has a concealed carry permit, and he, he the kid is not getting away today. So the kid is essentially trapped in the car as the guy is standing outside. MPD took forever to come. But they just finally picked him up. Now, see, this is, again, it's one of these things, and it is. If you look at the picture that I'm looking at that they took, the kid kind of has a tear on his cheek because, hey, I got caught. I'm 14 years old. I'm trying to steal this guy's car out outside of a daycare, and he has now caught me, and he is holding me essentially at gunpoint. I'm trapped in, in the car waiting for the police to come. So that's I'm just um this one I think is going to be going viral pretty soon. I think personally it's kind of awesome that you have this type of stuff happen. Now, here's the unfortunate thing about this. You know the MPD is going to come. They will pick up the kid. They will that he will probably since he's 14 years old, probably not even get charged with doing this. So If he does get charged, he'll get turned over to the disgrace that is the local juvenile justice system. He will be slapped on the wrist, and he will be back out stealing cars within 24 to 48 hours. But at least for the moment, the young punk didn't get away with the car. 14 years old, trying to steal a car in broad daylight. Give me a break. It's 1134, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. Hey, um, your generosity has helped our WTMJ CARES initiatives raise hundreds of thousands of dollars in recent years for causes close to the heart of so many in our community and close to the hearts of, of so many people here at the station. Now, you have a chance to help out children with emotional or physical needs who find therapy and healing on horseback. Rides and Rains Therapeutic Riding Center in the town of Polk is in danger of closing its doors without our help. Go to WTMJ.com for details and keep listening for more information on this remarkable cause and what you can do to help keep it alive through WTMJ Cares. Now, we're going to be talking more about this over the next couple weeks, but this is really spearheaded. My, my colleague and friend, Jane Matanair, and, and Jane, we'll talk more about this tomorrow, but I want you to hang around a little bit and tell everybody about Rides and Rains and how you got involved in this. It's so very cool.
5: I did a story about them about two years ago, Jeff, shortly after I had first joined the station, and I had stumbled upon an article about the work they do with special needs kids and adults, and just thought it was really unique and different, and I ended up going out to the farm and meeting Renee and Don Elias, who started this uh, 17 years ago, again, in the village of Polk. And to see these children, and we're talking about kids with autism and ADHD and in some cases Down syndrome, to see the look on their faces when they get out of the car after they pull in to the parking lot and go into the barn, it's transformative. So it's like horseback riding and things like that, a, right? It's That's it's what a, they do, yeah. Yeah, it's a 30-minute lesson. They have three volunteers that surround them while they're on the horse, but they also incorporate other movement activities. So you, you put a ball through a hoop, You uh, the horse walks over some sticks, there, there are different activities, all to try and help these children with their uh, physicality some of these kids have uh, core strength problems sure. and this helps i'm telling you jeff you see this i saw this little girl get up on this horse she sat ramrod straight she had just the perfect posture to be uh, on this big horse i mean some of these horses are 17 hands high and these are these are smaller kids um but it it is so healing so unique it's so important i i just don't think that there are many as many options for special needs kids and adults as people might think there are as far as therapies are concerned
0: and, and this Rides and Rains Therapeutic Riding Center service, I mean, serves children from all throughout the area, right? Absolutely.
5: Oh, absolutely. So you
0: can have city kids that are, that are, that are coming out there and never yep. never seen a horse in person, much less been on the horseback.
5: Absolutely. They have kids from Whitefish Bay. They have kids from the city of Milwaukee. We have someone from Glendale. Um, Rides and Rains has about 45 to 55 riders that they have during the season, which runs May through the end of October, so their season is going to be coming to an end soon. But they're going to have to close. They're going to have to close if they can't get Get an ADA approved restroom facility constructed by June of next year. So okay. we have our goal is $23,000. Uh, they have been doing fundraising on their own. The total is about $38,000. But right. uh, we are shooting to raise $23,000 by next Friday so we can get construction underway. And construction is like actually going to happen in an uh, old tech room. So it's not like we have to build the whole building. There's actually a room there that is the correct dimensions uh, to be ADA approved. And uh, it's just a matter of raising money now for, for materials and, and construction. So this, is a, this has been operating
0: for for a number of years now, you're saying? 17 years. Wow.
5: 17 years. They originally started at their farm in Mequon, and they had a group approach them about doing this kind of therapy. And they did do that initially and then found that a lot of insurances didn't cover this kind of therapy. So they wanted to to make it available for everyone. You don't have to have insurance. It is still a reduced cost lesson. I believe it's $40 for 30 minutes but again jeff talking to these parents about this is such an important part of these kids weeks it's you know this is how they determine time right. is it horse is it pony day today is it yeah. pony day tomorrow and and even with the families who who go out to the farm it is the most peaceful hopeful helpful place i just really encourage everyone to to go check it out for yourself it's not that far it's only about 45 minutes from milwaukee but uh our our media guys uh, dan Schenick and jay sorgi did an incredible video uh, that's up on our website at wtmj.com if you want to learn a little bit learn a little bit more about rides and rains and, and the work that they do okay
0: well let's talk about the important stuff though there jane um how can people donate money? You can <laughs> you, know, right. you
5: can do that right, right now at wtmj.com go to the wtmj cares page there will be a link there you can go right to the Rides and Rains go fund me page uh, just by clicking on donate to Rides and Rains and again a dollar $5 whatever you can do all of it adds up that's that's how things get done is by lots of little people coming together
0: Right, but if, if you've got somebody who can write a big check, too, you'll take that as well,
5: Absolutely, right? <laughs> oh, sure. we will Fair take enough. the big check.
0: Well, Jane, this, I, I know you've been talking to me about this for quite a while, and I know how passionately you feel about it. And this is something really doable. I, I'm, I'm confident that our, our listeners are going to get together behind what is a very worthwhile cause. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this tomorrow. But once again, for people
5: who have their credit cards out and are ready to give right this very second, right where do we want them to go? Or Yes, absolutely. We're good to go. Go to WTNJ.com, and again, click on the uh, WTNJ Cares section. That will take you to a spot where you can donate to Rides and Rains.
0: Jane Mattner, it's a wonderful cause. We'll be back with more of the program in just a minute. It's 1140. This is Jeff Wagner. It's eleven forty four. Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. I swear, I don't even know what to say about this, this one story through who's producing the show today. I, there, I, I think I'm kind of past my, my midlife crises time, but... My midlife crisis was I can't hit my three wood as far. Okay, th- this story about the Miami Dolphins offensive line coach. The guy's name is Chris Forrester, um, and he's he's not he's not a kid. Matter of fact, he was born October twelfth, so this is his birthday week. So the guy is let's see, sixty one. He's fifty. He, he will be fifty six years old this week. So you're not talking about a kid. Um, he has a, a long history. As a football coach, he was – I'm just looking at it. He was a, a coach at Colorado State and Stanford and Minnesota, then the Minnesota Vikings. He was an offensive line coach, and then he was the tight ends coach. Uh, he was the offensive line coach for Tampa Bay. He was the tight ends coach at Indianapolis. He was the offensive coordinator at Miami, offensive line coach in Baltimore, offensive line coach in San Francisco, offensive line coach for five years in Washington, offensive line coach back at San Francisco, and then he was back at Miami. So, I mean, the guy has been—he's he, been a coach in the NFL. Pretty consistently, I don't think he's even had a, I think he's worked every year. I'm not seeing any gap since, um, you know, for the last 20 years, since, 19, well, more than that, since 1993. So why are we talking about this 55, soon-to-be 56-year-old guy who is now out of a job? Because I, this story, I, I don't even know, he, he, okay, he's snorting cocaine, right? But, but it's, it's not just that he's doing cocaine. It's that he takes a video of himself snorting cocaine, all right? And then he sends the video of himself snorting cocaine to some woman that he is apparently seeing um, professing his undying love to her as he's snorting cocaine. I mean, I swear... I don't even know where to start with something like this. I just don't even know what to say. You know, it's it's like um, he says, I want to apologize to the organization, and my sole focus is on getting the help that I need with the support of my family and medical professionals. Um, to which I would say, No kidding. I mean, it's just there's so many different things that are wrong with this. I love you. Sniff, you know. Um, and then, of course, the, the girlfriend. But the the girlfriend then takes this video and posts it on Facebook, which is the whole other story. Um, And it's just the the whole thing is so very, very bizarre. And, of course, now Miami has fired this guy. The Miami head coach says he called Forrester, had a brief conversation with him. Now, I I just like to be a fly on the wall during that conversation. I mean, you see this video, you you call him up and – it's kind of like, hey, I'm, Chris, I'm kind of curious. What the blank were you thinking? You know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just kind of wondering what went through your, your mind. Said they had a, a brief conversation. Um, the, the coach says he doesn't know the details about when the video was recorded. Guy says he's disappointed. He's upset. He's mad at himself. Well, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, he's gone. But it's just this story. I'm like, okay, it's, it's one thing to do it. It's another thing to film yourself doing it. And then it's another thing to send the video that you filmed of yourself snorting coke off to some girlfriend who apparently the relationship isn't that well grounded because she gets it and she runs and posts the video. I mean, okay, there I I, now grew. You're kind of new to producing the show. There are many. We, we call them Wagner's Rules of Life. You know, like life, rule number one is life is tough, get a helmet. Rule number four is unless you are a porn star, and maybe even then, it's never a good idea to take nude photographs of yourself. I mean, it just it just always breaks out bad. This, I guess, could be like rule 4A. Under no circumstances is it a good thing to take pictures of yourself engaging in, oh don't know, snorting cocaine, and then send it off to some woman. I'm just... Or man, I'm just saying. Just you know, this is kind of like bad choices. All right. Speaking of speaking of bad choices, I I, I get I get all these these emails and texts from people saying. How can you... De- I, I get it from both sides. How can you defend the president for this, that, or the other thing? Don't you know he's just awful? And then I get other people saying, hey, you just don't get it. You know, go work for MSNBC. You're too liberal when you criticize him. Mean, I have tried to take what I consider to be a principled and a nuanced approach on President Trump. When he does things that I agree with as far as advancing policies, I will say that. And the flip side, and I understand that makes the Trump haters bad, and on the other hand, I mean, I haven't I still haven't drank the Kool-Aid when he does stuff that I think is either wrong or misguided or gets in the way of his agenda. I I will call that out as well. And I think that's where actually a lot of people are. I just in many cases, though, I continue to believe that the president is his worst, his own worst enemy. And I I I describe this as as what I consider to be the difference between style and. And substance. I mean, the substance is advancing the particular policies. The style is all the other stuff, which ends up as as a distraction. And of course, the latest thing is this this thing that's blown up between President Trump and Senator Bob Corker from Tennessee. Uh, Corker was one of Trump's early supporters. Right? They have had a falling out. And, and actually, Bob Corker has announced that he, he's done with Washington. He's not running for re-election again. So they've been, they've been going back and, and forth. Um, over the weekend, President Trump takes to, to Twitter to go after Bob Corker. Now, this is a Republican. And the truth is, it's not like Corker is resigning today. He just says he's not running for re-election. So he's going to be in the U.S. Senate um, for, for a while. I mean, you're going to need – if you want to try to get tax reform done or you want to get health care reform done or you want immigration reform done, you've only got 52 Republicans in the U.S. Senate right now. You can't afford to be gratuitously getting a bunch of them upset. But, you know, uh, President Trump and, – and Bob Corker has been critical of some things the president has done. So um, President Trump sends out the following tweet over the weekend. Senator Bob Corker begged me to endorse him for re-election in Tennessee – I said no, and he dropped out. He said he could not win without my endorsement. He also wanted to be Secretary of State. I said no thanks. He is largely responsible for the horrendous Iran deal. Now, I, again, I, I don't know if Corker asked Trump for his endorsement. The Corker people say no, that's not what happened. The president's making this up. But regardless, what, what do you accomplish by picking this kind of a fight? And then, of course, the senator's response is, it's a shame the White House has become an adult daycare center. Someone obviously missed their shift this morning. And then that escalates to all this other stuff. Corker says that um, he does an interview with The New York Times saying that he considers Trump to be reckless, and this is threatening World War III, and that Trump is treating his office like a reality show that could push this nation on a path to World War III. Um uh, Corker goes on to say he was alarmed about a president who acts like he 's doing the apprentice or something. He concerns me. Um, he would have to concern anyone who cares about our nation and This comes you know at the end of, of this back and forth with with the president and I understand this makes good copy for the The New York Times and the Washington Post, and I understand that this kind of stuff. You know, makes good copy for the folks who are trying to fundraise for for Democrats. Oh, look at how dysfunctional Senate is. Look at how func- dysfunctional the President is, which is is all the more reason why I, I don't understand why we're doing this. I, I I really I really don't. I don't understand now. The President obviously continues to be thin skinned and he decides to wade in. Then, of course, you've got Senator Corker who's got nothing to lose. So he's just laying his cards on the table. This kind of stuff isn't good for the country. And I understand people don't like it when the president gets criticized, but it's like, why, why do you pick these particular fights? What do you hope to gain? How does this advance your agenda? And I understand that there's a lot of Trump supporters who say, yeah, this guy tells it like it is. You know, we, we don't care. You know, we, we don't care who he tells to go, you know, screw themselves. That That's we don't care who he's telling that to. You know, we love that style. And And I understand there's some people that like that style, but that's that that's 30% of the electorate and maybe 50% of the republicans that you need to get stuff done and i think stuff always like this went on behind closed doors in washington i have no doubt that there weren't you know heated exchanges between barack obama and some democratic senators or george bush and some republican senators what's new now is this all plays out on on facebook or on twitter which Makes me wonder, just like we were talking about just a couple minutes ago, when you have the Miami Dolphins offensive line coach who thinks it's a good idea to film himself snorting cocaine and send it off to some girlfriend. What were you exactly thinking? How did you think that that was going to turn out well? I I wonder that a lot when I see these exchanges that are going back and forth between the president and members of his own party. What are we trying to accomplish? Okay, it is 1154. Steve Scafidi, Eric Bilstadt in the house. We'll find out what they have on their minds in just a minute. Stick around.